Hi, welcome to the Dad of a Dozen podcast, and here's your host, Doug H. Hey, welcome to the Dad of a Dozen podcast. I'm your host, Doug H. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. On this episode, I'd like to tackle the issues of dating, driving, dishes, and discipline. Like that? bunch of D's today. I'm going to discuss how my wife and I have handled all these topics over the years, and we continue to do so. But before we get started, uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. And you can also find all the past episodes on Spotify if you don't have time to watch them on YouTube. So, okay, you're probably wondering, how does a parent of a big family handle the issues of dating and driving and dishes and discipline? But let's start with dating. Well, for starters, we have always had the rule that the kids were not to date until they were 18. Now, that does not mean that they cannot hang out with boys or girls in a group setting, just not by themselves. Because, you know, dating is a way to get to know someone for the ultimate goal of marriage, right? That's the reason you're asking someone out is, one, you might like them, they might be cute, but ultimately it's to get to know who they are to see if they're going to be the one that you are going to ultimately marry for the rest of your life. And two, you cannot legally get married until you're 18 anyway, so why put yourself in a situation that might compromise your beliefs? I'll explain that in, in just a minute. But most adolescents are not even emotionally ready to handle a long-term relationship. You know how teenagers are always changing their mind on this or, or that. And one day they like a certain person, and then the next they don't. It can be an emotional roller coaster that we, parents, should spare our kids from if we can. So what we try to instill in our children are the following. Is that intimacy is between a husband and a wife. That means there is no sex before marriage, period. The marriage bed is to be undefiled, as it says in Hebrews 13.4. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. And so we try to instill in our kids that when you have sex outside the bonds of marriage, you are defiling the marriage bed. We let them know that when you are intimate with another person, you become one with that person, and we are not to be one with someone who is not our spouse. Because 1 Corinthians six fifteen through 20 reads this, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he, that's God, says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The term harlot in this verse can be either a prostitute or a woman who practices unlawful sexual indulgence. So in other words, it's having sex outside the bonds of marriage. So we teach our children that sex or intimacy is 
within the bonds of marriage between a man and a woman. God's designed it that way and not to have it outside of the bonds of that holy matrimony. Okay, another item that we discuss is this. The other person's body does not belong to them and vice versa until they are married. So what's the point of going out and and doing all these things with girls or boys that they're not even your husband or your wife? Because here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 7, 4 says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So in other words, Scripture is very clear that physical touching and intimacy or sex is between a husband and a wife, not boyfriend or girlfriend or even fiancés. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8, This finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandment we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. In other words, hands off until marriage. Okay? Hands off. Period. That's what we've taught our children. It's hands off until you're married. So this foundation is very important to teach your children because our society says, you know, it's okay to be intimate with whomever you want. You don't have to wait till you're married. What's the point? Why? What's the harm? It's not going to hurt you. How are you going to know if you're going to, you love that person if you don't do those things. But we live in a different, we live, excuse me, by a different authority. And that authority comes from God and his word. And that's why it's so important for dads and moms to be in God's word daily. So that, we, so that way we know what we can teach our children about God's authority. But God, has, God tells us that in, intimacy is for those who are married. He made it for the married folks. So once that's established, hands off, no sex before marriage, then we start teaching them other areas of manhood and womanhood. For instance, for our boys, we teach them that to treat women as their sisters. First Timothy 5.2 says this, Treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. So I tell my boys, I said, would you want just some guy to put his hands all over your sister? And obviously the answer is no, I don't want just some guy. Of course you don't. Why would you do that to, why would you do that to someone who is not your spouse? If you're not married, you should be keeping your hands off of them. Treat them as a sister with all purity. And the next thing that we teach our boys is date only Christians. Because 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And you won't marry an unbeliever if you don't date one in the first place, right? This is, this is what we're teaching our kids. But this can go on 
forever for anybody. This is good for anybody that's 30, 35, 40, whatever. Only date other believers. Okay? And we also try to teach them that marriage is a covenant for life. This is one of the vows that my wife and I made when we got married, and probably you did too, and for those of you that are married. Until death do us part. Until death do us part. Divorce is not an option for the Christian. And divorce should not be an option for our children either when they're getting into a relationship after 18. They're looking for a partner. They're looking for a man or they're looking for a woman that they're going to stay together for the rest of their life. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 7.11, and a husband is not to divorce his wife. And also in 1 Corinthians 7.39, it says a wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. And that last verse also applies to the men as well. So the husband and the wife are bound to each other until death. And once there is a death, they're free. And if they want to get remarried, they may. That's why we teach them to only date and marry fellow Christians because it will affect their whole life. Because if they go and marry a a non-believer thinking they're going to win them over to the Lord, more than likely they're not going to win them over to the Lord. And they're just going to be in for a fight for their life because they're going to want to do it one way. And their spouse, the non-believing spouse, is going to want to do it another way. And there's going to be friction nonstop. Not to say that a, a Christian marriage is, there's no, there's no problems in a Christian marriage. I'm just saying it's going to be easier because you have that foundation of Jesus rather than not. All right? So that's just some of the things that we've, we teach our, our boys about manhood. And also, for our girls, dads, this is an important part for dads to teach their girls and moms to come alongside and to reinforce what the dads are teaching. Because like I said, marriage is a joint effort. You become one. So moms and dads have an equal role in raising boys and in girls. So for our girls, we teach them the same things as the boys. That hands off. Sex is, or intimacy is in the bonds of marriage between a husband and a wife, man and a woman. We also teach them to date only Christians. And that marriage is for life and divorce is not an option. And then I also teach the girls or talk to the girls about stay with guys that will respect the no touch rule until marriage because if they cannot respect you in this area now more than likely they will not respect you after you're married and so I try to instill in my daughters hey if you set down this ground rule and they want to continue to to disobey that ground rule of saying no touching until marriage maybe they're not the one for you maybe they're not the one for you but these, this is some important things that us dads and moms should be teaching our, our daughters is have them have their own rules. There's no touching because that's a rule I have in our home too is no touching the opposite sex until you're married. And we also teach our girls to dress modestly. And that means the clothes they wear do not reveal any sort of cleavage or skin above the knees. And what I mean by that is the mini skirts. You see these mini skirts. They hike them up to about mid thigh, and they're just showing a whole lot of leg, right? And then you also see these short shorts, like the Daisy Duke style shorts. Yeah, those are out of the question in our home. And if you, as a dad or a mom, see your your girls' 
going out to the mall with their friends and they're dressed like that, we need to say something to them. We need to say, whoa, what are you doing? You need to put some clothes on, young lady, before you go outside looking like that. Because in our home, we don't dress like that. That's not what we taught you. You got clothes upstairs that you should be wearing and dress modestly. Okay? Don't walk around like you're a harlot. Walk around like you belong to Jesus Christ. Because in 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, it says this, In like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, which means discretion, not with braided hair or gold or pearls of costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. So basically, watch what they're dressing. Are they dressing with discretion? Because you know boys, when they see a girl, they're looking at their dress and they're looking going, wow, look at that miniskirt on this person. Look at what that girl, look at that tank top that girl's wearing. Okay, so as a dad and as a mom, we have to protect our, our girls from strange dudes. And we need to help them to live or to wear modest clothing. Okay, and then we also, throughout their teenage years, for both, for the girls especially, we discuss what a godly woman looks like according to Proverbs 31 and Titus 2. So if you ever get a chance in a moment, take a moment and read Proverbs 31 and Titus 2, and that will give you a good idea of what a godly woman looks like. And then we also tell our boys to read Proverbs 31 so that way they know what kind of woman to look for when they go and start dating. So they're looking for a lady that obviously is a Christian but also has these godly character traits as it says in Proverbs 31. So it's not just for the girls Proverbs 31. No, it's great for the boys to read Proverbs 31 so that way they can find a woman who has these characters that they can marry and in their lives will hopefully be better and not so rocky by marrying someone that doesn't have these traits okay so that's what we do in our family when it comes to dating and relationships dating when they're 18 staying pure until marriage and then date only christians Again, if you have any questions, you're not quite sure what I'm trying to say here, you don't believe me, you say, yeah, whatever, Doug, hey, just send me an email, dadofadozenkids at gmail.com, dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to, to discuss some other things with you if you have questions. But the next topic that I wanted to talk about today was is driving. So, again, this is what we do, and this is what we continue to do for our kids, Granted, I still have six kids at home that I need to teach to drive. And I don't know about you parents, but driving is one of the parts of the job that, I don't know, maybe because I'm getting older, I just don't enjoy it anymore like I used to. Once my kids turn 18 and they get their driver's license, it's like, okay, I'm done, and I don't really want to drive with you anymore. Why? It's just me. Maybe it's because I'm uh, not in control of the vehicle when they're driving. I don't have the brake to stop them when they're going a little too fast. I can't turn. Uh, I can see things that they don't see. So teaching a kid to drive is not one of the things that I like to do. But I do it because it's my responsibility, and I do it to the best of my ability. But it's not one of my favorite subjects to, to teach. 
But anyway, here's what we do. And it just seems to work for our family. It may not work for your family, but this is what we have done. And it seems to be working just fine. We've got um, six kids out of the house and driving. So this is what we've done. And I'll explain it to you. And like I said, you take it for what it's worth. Uh, so when our kids turn 16, uh, they go get a learner's permit. And they continue on that permit until they're 18. And the learner's permit uh, is good for one year at a time. And so if they decide not to get their driver's license, then they can renew it for a second year. But they can also get their license anytime before 18. We'll allow them to do that, get their license before 18, as long as they go through a driver's education course first. I mean, they have to because that's state law. If you're under 16, you have to pass one of those classes first. And that usually runs about 500 bucks, depends on where you go. But see, they're, they have to pay for it. I'm not paying for their driver's ed. Back in the day when I was in high school, it cost 50 bucks. But we homeschool, and it costs more now than 50 bucks, and so they don't really want it. My one son, Alan, he wanted to go to driver's ed. Hey, Dad, I want to go to driver's ed. I'm going to get my, license, my permit at 15 and a half, and then I'm going to pay for driver's ed, and then I'm going to get my license early. I said, all right, cool. So we got his permit at 15 and a half. Well, he didn't want to pay the 500 bucks to, to get his license. So he stayed on until he's 18. And then when he turned 18, he went for his driver's test pass and, and got it. But they're responsible for paying for their driver's ed, not me. But our rationale behind that is this. One, it gives them two full years of driving practice and experience. They have more of an opportunity to see different types of driving scenarios. Because you're not going to see it all in a six-month window. You're not going to see it all by sitting in a driving school class via slides or even driving with them however many hours you drive. You don't see all the, the scenarios that you might run into when you're driving. And so by them being on their permit for these two years, it just gives them two years to maybe get into some different scenarios so that way when they get on their own, they know what to do and they know how to handle their vehicle. And it's just something that I think is, a, I think is good that kids learn to drive with their parents for two years. And then at 18, they're considered adults and they're responsible for their own actions. And then they're not going to have the restrictions that are placed on them to drive because in the state that we live in, Washington, they have certain restrictions that they've placed on those that are under 18. And the first one is, for the first six months of their license, they can have no passengers under the age of 20 unless it's immediate family. So that means you little junior wants to go out driving with his buddies. They want to go to the movie, and they're under 18. Guess what? For the first six months, eh, you can't bring anybody. So there's that one. Then the next six months, they can't have more than three passengers who are under 20 uh, unless it's an immediate family member. And then the, the next restriction is there's no driving between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. unless they're with a licensed driver over 25 years of age. So people in the family get sick and you want little junior to go to the grocery store to pick up some Gatorade because the kids are puking or mom and dad aren't feeling well. Um, he can't drive unless he brings someone over 25 years of age. And then the last one they have is no cell phone use, period. Even if you use a hands-free device, no cell phones. And I was looking up on the line on the Washington 
Department of Licensing. And it says these restrictions are for one year. So if you get your license when you're 16 and you have no accidents or you've had no tickets in that year, then these restrictions go away. But why, why bother with those if you could just wait till you're 18 to, to get a license and drive without any restrictions? But also, the other reason we, we have them wait until they're 18 is it also gives them two years to save for their first vehicle. And we encourage our kids at 16 to get a part-time job so they can start saving a portion of their income, which we match their savings dollar for dollar. So when they get their driver's license, they can purchase a car with their own money because our kids follow that 10, 10, 80 plan of money management, which is 10 to tithe and 10 to save and 80 to spend. And like I said, this might not work for your family because it takes time to get your kids back and forth to all those events that they're involved in. And that's the main reason why most parents want their 16-year-olds to get their license so they won't have to do it. And then Junior can take their brothers and sisters all around town because mom and dad don't have the time because they're either stuck at home with the other kids or they're both stuck at work and can't get away from their work to take them to school or to their ballet or to their football practice or their baseball game or whatever it is that parents and kids do nowadays. So that's the main reason why. But we we don't mind it. We would rather have the kids drive for two years on a permit. And um, I th it's been working so good so far for us, and I think we're going to continue doing that until our last guy, 17, um, Carter, who's seven, uh, turns 18. And then from there, maybe if I feel like it, I'll teach our grandchildren how to drive. And hopefully by that time, in a 10-year period, I will have a few grandchildren that will be coming over and we can play with and take them places. And then hopefully I'm still around when they're old enough, I can teach them, them how to drive. But I only got to two of the D's today because um, the other two D's might take a little longer. So I'm going to cut it short today. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send me an email at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week.